In this episode, I am chatting with Gladys Simon of My Life Couch. That's her business name for life coaching, and she focuses on moms, working moms specifically. So we have a lot to chat about. We talk about how important it is to take time to recharge, what it can look like when you're actually depleting. She has a great analogy that she shares. It's just a really lovely conversation. She has a lot of great things and tips and ways to think about things that you might not have thought of before. It's going to have a lot of connections, I'm sure. So here we go. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. And each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Gladys, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Oh, hi, Jillian. Thank you for having me. I literally imagine us being around a campfire with smalls. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. Well, that's what I love about it. I, like that is what I say to people is like just as if we had just met and we'd been introduced and then we get to find out about each other, right? Like that's sort of how I love the conversation to go. So I'm glad you feel it. And I feel like we're on a comfy couch because your business name is My Life Couch, right? Absolutely. I just love that. I love that. Okay. So comfortable. We are all exactly. So before I go too far down the road of your business name, can you please start by introducing yourself, who you're a mom to? all of the things and tell us about your business as well absolutely so um I hate being put in boxes but it's funny every time I'm thinking of myself there's three kind of big words that come to me um first of all I'm a mom I'm a mom to uh two fabulous kids um one uh mini diva <laughs> so she's uh, <laughs> She's all going on 16, uh, and then I have my perfect gentleman um, that just turned 80 year old. So I'm kind of re- relatively a new mom. Um, the second word that comes into mind is a consultant. So I work uh, for a Fortune 500 company. I'm still in a corporate world. And um, I'm a consultant, meaning that I meet you know, people, and I talk about solution and solving their business problem with technology. And third and foremost, I'm a coach. And when you think of consultant and coach, I feel like it's kind of the same word because you meet people at some point in their life, you know, tweak them a little bit, propose, you know, solution to their business problem, mm-hmm. and then let them go and live their dreams. So that's, you know, three words that define three different aspects of who I am. Um, but I realized that we can squeeze them into two. I'm a mom and a coach. <laughs> right, right. But so, very different topics because you primarily do work with moms, right? Like yes. your passion is like on the coach side. You work on with moms side. to help them. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So your company is called My Life Couch, not My yes. Life Coach, which no I coach. really love. I love the play on words. I love it. And if people go to your website, they will see the most stunning couch and it feels very oh inviting. God. Every page has a couch. on it. It's just, I love it. So tell us a little bit about how that came about. Oh, um, like uh, all good ideas that come involved red wine, but not really. <laughs> um, but I initially wanted my life coach and it was taken. So I kind of went back and talked about it. I was sitting on the couch at the time 
and my better half, my spouse was, um, you know, suggesting to call it the couch completely. And then I realized that, you know, my life couch sounds good as well. Um, you know, I agreed I was drinking a little bit more too wine, but <laughs> the following day still sounded good. Yeah. And then I started realizing that um, every household have a couch. That couch can be the center of your, you know, decor. It could be hidden, but it's always the, the witness of all the moments that involve emotion. Mm-hmm. So whether you're happy or sad or just want to be on a good old bank, blanket catching on some movie, you go on your couch, right? So that's yeah. a place you have a good chat with your girlfriend. So I, and that's why it was gone, my life couch. So I, I figured it. out um, that I want my coaching style and my business to be an inviting place where we can be free to go and unleash those emotions and explore them together. So I'm the best it. friend sitting there on the couch and waiting for you. And we can imagine that couch being the, the your perfect fabric, the perfect color, the couch mm-hmm. that you like. So that's how I envision my coaching. I love it. You have a line on your website that really, it, it stuck with me because it's, and you just sort of brought it back again, where you're the friend, the best friend that, you know, the listener. And it's so often in everything we do as moms, we are the the giver, right? The and giver. you have a line on there about you, um, about this more is- needing more and needing a friend instead of being there, always being the friend, right? Being the friend. So yeah. and having- I'm glad you picked on that because yeah. that's, with my moms that I coach, that's the first thing we unlearn. It's no bad to want, <laughs> to, to change, to right. swap roles. And, you know, a lot of moms, me included, are under the impression that we have to be many things to many people. And we mm-hmm. don't even know <laughs> that, some people can be many things to us as well. So there's no reciprocity that is often, you know, that little gap that I see yep. in, in, in a lot of moms, including me. Yeah, totally. Totally. So we're going to be chatting about a whole bunch of things, I'm sure, because I think we, we have a lot of alignment on a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about. But I love that you really reference the sort of battery imagery and, mm-hmm. you know, having running on empty, recharging batteries. What do you normally find when you start working with moms? Are they typically at that sort of running on empty, thinking that they should be doing all the things and sort of depleting themselves in the process? So there's different stage we are at, but I think the most common that I have in my coaching practice is mom that run on, that have run on empty battery for so long, they don't even realize they're empty, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. For them, that became a normal state. So they're always running uh, on empty. Um, what I'm going with the analogy is usually saying, you know, our mobile phone is it's something that we have with, with us every time. Um, for me, my mobile phone is my link and my connection to my kid when they're not there. So I'm always very careful when they have that signal that say 20% battery that alert me to make sure that I have my charger around or go and charge it. And then I realized that as mom, I want to put everybody need before mine. So I'm running on empty most of the time and I don't realize that. And it's just like, oh yes, I still have to squeeze a little bit to do this and to do that. Mm -hmm. And I will rest and I will recharge when everybody else is rested and recharge. Um, So that was my aha moment. And I thought, but I wouldn't let my phone run on empty 
because then it's useless. Like, mm-hmm. It's just a very expensive paperweight. Yeah. It's no more useful. So taking the time, being fanatical about having that 20% in your head alarm and taking that time to go and recharge. And I usually say, you know, it doesn't have to be a long recharge. It could be a 10 minute where you say, I'm, I'm there for no one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need that little boost. Sometimes it could be an hour, but be fanatical and consistent about taking that time to recharge for you every mm-hmm. day. Because if you do not, you become a very expensive paperweight, you're not useful to anybody, including your family, which was what you wanted to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it because I mean, we trick ourselves too, because a phone will literally just die and turn off and be totally useless, like a paper rate, like you say, but we trick ourselves because we can keep going, but we're getting lower and lower and lower. And we're not being that mom, that human, that friend, what that worker that we want to be if we were at 80%, a hundred percent. So how would you suggest mom sort of what are some of those alarms that we can notice in ourselves? I mean, it's going to be a personal thing, I'm sure, but how do you, especially when you've been doing it for so long, how do you know you're down to 20%, right? So, I mean, the very, like you rightly point out, everybody has their own personal alarm. So what I would say is start building into the habit of saying every single day, Mm. I'm going to block, for me it's one hour. Mm -hmm. I'm going to block one hour, I'm going to block 30 minutes, but be unapologetic about this. Yeah. So that 30 minutes where I, I, I remember the first time I started that practice, my brain was tuned to listen to noises in the house and figure out, oh, I hear some screaming and then wanted to go. But you have to almost fight your instinct to start with, to say, mm-hmm. I have 30 minutes, you tell the spouse, you tell everybody, the kids, you prepare everybody, but you go away, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally hand the keys to the castle. It yeah. could be physically going away, go and take that classes, go and meet that friend, go for a walk, go away, or lock yourself in a room and dance and sing <laughs> you know, on top of your lungs, whatever. Nobody cares if you sing on tune or what, but you have to make that hour where it's dedicated to you and replenishing yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of my moms that will be, oh, I spent that one hour ironing clothes. I'm not saying doing something for something else. Yeah. You are good for other people. This hour, this 30 minutes, this time for yourself is dedicated to be good to you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do some manicure, if you want to sleep, if you want to roll on the floor, it has to be anything that is putting back into you not ironing not cooking not baking for anybody (laughs) that you know nothing that you would do for that recharge time Mm -hmm. will be dedicated to other people but to you so it sounds a bit it sounds selfish at the beginning i have to say Mm -hmm. but if we stick into that practice and fanatically take that time consistently every single day then it becomes in the long term and you won't even wait long-term, like within the short-term, you start feeling a little bit different because yeah. you put back something. We spend, we spend, and no matter what angle we're trying to approach that, if you spend money and I'm never earning money, then mm-hmm. I'm empty, right? Mm-hmm. If I use my phone and I don't charge it, then it becomes empty. But the point I'm saying is if you don't take time 
to put back into you. Mm-hmm. You become empty and you're not useful. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's, I'm going to really hammer home the phone analogy for a second because yes. I love analogies, but I know like if it's basically, if you say you're plugging yourself back in, mm-hmm. right. Because you have to take that time to actually plug yourself in to recharge, mm-hmm. right. If you sort of use that, but also if I plug in my phone and continue to use it, it takes longer to recharge because you're competing with the use battery or the battery use versus the battery charge, right? So yeah, I that's such a strong visual that I think it can be a really good reminder for people that you, you need to take that time to plug back in, right? And do not do anything else, like you say, do not use the app. Yeah. <laughs> to say, I'm the mom app, I'm the wife app, I'm right. the sister app, no is just close all the apps yeah and let that energy flows like flowing into you and um, that's it you just need some I've, I've i've had some people that will need one hour two hours some people will need 30 minutes but that break it's mm-hmm. definitely necessary yeah absolutely and it could i mean let's just say somebody might be like but i enjoy cooking or baking if it's for the pure joy of it and not to deliver to somebody else. I think that's exactly. the point, right? Yeah. So I'm yeah. saying, if you yeah. do an activity that's centered around you and giving you joy, mm-hmm. and it's not part of the list that, hey, I'm going to have to bake um, cookies for right. the kids next week, batch of, you know, it has to be for the pure joy yeah. of doing it. Yeah, for me, that's gardening. And yes, it is for our house and for our family, but it's actually my family doesn't care if we have a garden. It's purely for me and the enjoyment I get from it, right? Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. the point I'm making. Yeah. It has to be something dedicated to replenish you yeah. and not something you doing because you have to do it's part right. of the, yeah. Right. I love it. So good. So good. Now, another thing that I saw that you talk about quite a bit, and I'm curious to chat about this, is that finding the superpower within yourself. Mm-hmm. So how do you help moms find their superpower? What does that mean? And um, it's an absolutely beautiful question because at the beginning I was thinking finding a superpower, but then you realize that my role is not to help you find your superpower, but my role is to make you aware of mm-hmm. the superpowers that you already got inside. Like we're yes. not finding anything. So spoiler alert here. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do believe we inherently born with what I call superpowers and they vary per individual. Um, it, it, it can be um, someone that is super good at organizing the people that call in your life that call you for a specific uh, problem solving skill that you uniquely bring to the world. And for me, it's all about those skills are transferable in every single aspect of your life as a working mom, right? Um, becoming a mom made me more adept at juggling multiple priorities at once, right? I bring that to my work life. I take my work life to my... So we're still at the center of all the intersection that constitute our life. So those powers are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just making you aware that you are using, you're doing things, you know, yourself, Julian, uniquely well that only you can do. Mm-hmm. And I find... Because I've gone through a superpower identification exercise, if you will. And what I found is it's always the things that do not, they feel common sense to you. They actually don't feel special, 
but until you realize that not everybody can do them in the same way as easily as you can, right? It just comes naturally. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a superpower until you recognize that other people don't have it the same way. Yeah, it's- That's why the finding the superpower, I'm saying, yes, I use finding, but the reality is they are there. I'm just reminding you. Uncovering, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uncovering. Yeah, I love it. So good. So- what have you sort of seen working with moms when they realize that? The bulb, light bulb, because <laughs> I think, and I might be very controversial here, the pandemic has been good for opening our mind mm. in a bit, in a little bit of a different way. Um, before I was a mom and I was a worker and those two lives were never colliding, right? <laughs> I would go and leave work and then I come and be a mom. And, and they're almost like two Gladyses living in one. And that's the reality for a lot of the moms that I had. Yeah. And then with the pandemic, it forced us to merge everything. I couldn't switch uh, being a mom for full time. And sometime within the next 10 minutes, I was mom, the worker mom. Yeah. Like it had to be a lot of switch for a lot of us. Some, some moms that I know, couldn't make that switch constantly and they had something that would give, usually not the mom side, but the work mm-hmm. side, right? Um, but for me, I feel like, you know, especially when I start coaching with moms, they realize, realizing that we are stuck and all our life collided into one, forced us to reevaluate how we can be more efficient. What skills do I have yet? So I'm talking about dealing with a difficult colleague and I had toddler at the time the pandemic started and I'm like, if you have dealt with a toddler, nothing at work can be <laughs> the most difficult colleague you can have at work cannot be the toddler. Yeah. Like I was solving crisis at 6 a.m. in the morning <laughs> before going to work, right? So those are the kind of things that start, I start realizing, okay, I'm doing this at home. I'm running my own business at home as the mom, right? I'm the chief mom officer. Mm-hmm. And all those things that you think of, and I thought, but, I can't separate them. At work, those are the skills that I'm using to do my work and at home, you know, and that's that the conversation about superpowers. And, and I think the big revelation with my moms when they start realizing, oh my God, I don't even need to be another person at work mm-hmm. because I'm already like the imposter syndrome is like yeah. a big, big, big deal. And sometimes I have moms that come to me that feel like, they're fraud (laughs) and you're like you're a mom to three gorgeous kids that are smart and intelligent so you can do this and for me that was really the when I see those moms saying oh so I do this so it means I'm capable and skilled and confident and push Mm -hmm. a little bit that um imposter syndrome away Mm -hmm. that's the big it's reminding them of the value of those skills right yeah why why are you doing this? And why do you feel like we need to be a different person at work? Mm-hmm. I think realizing that we don't need to be several people. And, and of course, we say that with like a little bit of disclaimer, some workplaces are more toxic than right. others. But we're talking about if you have a good culture at work, you could come as you are and use the same skill. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. actually, because yeah. you have those skills already. So I've seen two of my moms that were having a severe case of imposter syndrome at work coming through the six-week program that I had. 
feeling a little bit more confident, going and ask for promotion and raise and negotiation because their superpower were like, well, I've tweaked that fight all the time and we have to be creative and negotiate. So that's the same thing we bring. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a mom that became a new leader and she's like, oh, leadership is like parenting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, this leads in really well. There are some questions that I ask all my guests and this leads really well in because of those identities coming together. So the question is about balance. So how do you define balance for yourself and your family? I do not. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 for sure. Actually, I don't even like the word balance. I feel like I'm very visual. So balance for me it you know evoked the a juggler someone yeah. that's there trying to juggle multiple things at once and it's straining and it's difficult so I like harmony I like blend I like mm. integration because it's a little bit more you know zen for me because mm-hmm. some days you have a little bit more life than than work and other days you be a bit more work than life and that's okay it's a continuous continuum for me I feel like I've learned to be present in whatever aspect of my life is predominant at that point. And it could be present, fully present for work for the next 30 minutes and then fully present for life for the next one minute. So Mm -hmm. the fear of missing out disappeared completely for me because with the balance, I was thinking, oh, have I done enough work to deserve enough, you know? So I don't like the balance. I just feel like I I wake up every day I might have objective and goals, but I've accepted and give myself grace that some mm-hmm. days, despite me having that checklist to finish, hey, I might create better memories instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Okay, now recharging is a form of self-care. So I know that you make time for self-care, but what does what do those activities look like for you? Ooh. <laughs> I have done dancing energetically on on the on the song. Um, nice. I have done singing, which my family would discourage you to listen. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't matter. It's just the endorphins that come. I've done like movement is a big thing for me. Mm. I have also um, lay down and do nothing. Like it's harder for me because I'm mm-hmm. always like, but staying there in in your thoughts discovery like breathing in and looking at and acknowledging every single part of your body just in silence was also another thing Mm -hmm. I have micro sleep that is like almost um 10 minutes of sleep nap time micro nap I I wish I could do that oh I know it's it is effective when it works hard yeah yeah Uh, you have to bring your your um so movement is a big part of it doing nothing reading a book mm. um I went and tried a new experience um there was a axe throwing oh and yeah I get <laughs> my brain into a place where I'm like curiosity novelty yeah you know uh, axe throwing uh going to drive um not knowing where flannering mm-hmm. and thinking oh I'm gonna take the next hour go in and drive this direction and stop at the first thing that got my attention so cool. yeah I mean yeah very but I've had mom that like that's why by meditation mm-hmm. so if it's what it is yoga movement again running um gardening 
whatever it makes you feel good at nice. that point in time. It's nice. What I awesome. Okay, this is the big question. What, yeah. What is the biggest <laughs> lesson you have learned as a mom? <laughs> that you do not question your parenting. <laughs> ah, yeah. That until your your child turned 40, you're a good mom. I mean, what's <laughs> a big that crisis? No, I'm joking. But I was just saying the biggest lesson is, you know, you are you become the de facto role model. Mm. of your kid and parenting motherhood gave me a purpose bigger than I've ever had so being able to enjoy those moments with my kid no matter how little they are the, the biggest lesson is to be present they're not this the kid for so little I know and yet they go overgrown and you're like oh my god I made this yeah so they have um moment of brilliance and moment of quiet where you start wondering what's going what's going on yeah and just give me a second this <laughs> that's motherhood for you motherhood <laughs> i know absolutely absolutely i love it awesome okay how can our listeners connect with you how can they work with you where's the best place to find you find out about you um, my website is the, the tool that I'm the most proud of. Um, I'm speaking on, like you can go, I have um, a working mom affirmation that I just uh, created. So it's just very graphic, visual to, you know, something that you can print and put on your fridge. Say, I'm a working mom having a bad day. I'm a good mom having a bad day. Nice. Those um, are powerful affirmation for mom. I have a journal. I believe in journaling. Mm-hmm. Just write and figure out your pattern. And then it's black and white and you get, um, a, um, you know, a plan that you can create based on those patterns. Um, so my website is the place that you find all those information that I create all the the blog that um, the the talk that I put on my blog so there's a lot of things and that's also the best place to uh, book a curiosity call I call that curiosity call because okay. I'm curious about you and you're curious about me um, and it's a you know a complimentary 30 minute of my time and our time together amazing um, and um, so that's my website. I also hang out on LinkedIn a lot. I'm a working mom, so I yep. talk about work mom, uh, mommyhood, work, working mom. And so LinkedIn is a quick place also to get me. Okay, great. And um, I typically tell my moms to go out of the comfort zone and I took upon that and I opened Instagram. So at my life couch on Instagram where you can find little things of what I'm doing. Awesome. It's completely uncomfortable, but... <laughs> <laughs> I am here, so I have Instagram, my website, and LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, I will link to all of those things uh, on the show notes for sure. And it's mylifecouch.com for anybody that never goes to the show notes and they just want to know. So I will link all of those places. I think you you have so much uh, goodness and wisdom to share. And I think people would get so much value from working with you. So thank you so much for spending this time with us. I think it's, we could, we could probably chat about a whole bunch of things for hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, thank you so much. It's been a really great chat oh thank you for having me it's what a way to keep um and i wanted to thank you to push that uh for pushing that agenda of working motherhood yes 
we need voices. Definitely. Well, it's, it's the life I live. So I'm, I'm here to support people too. So yeah, I think it's an important conversation and, and to help people know that it's okay to find it hard, right? I there mean, are, we're yeah. not alone. That's the biggest yeah. thing I've, I've learned. Um, I thought I was alone in feeling those mm-hmm. feelings. No, absolutely. I, I love sharing that message and helping people know they're not alone. That's in, in anything in motherhood, really. You know, people don't talk about the hard stuff enough to, and then they end up feeling alone. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.